and Rolling Wild. Coming up next on Rolling Wild, it's me, Sam Dietz. Welcome back to Rolling Wild. This is part two of my interview with Sam Dietz, director of Castlevania. We were just talking about action sequences, drafting them, acting them out. And if you want to know what happens, just keep listening. But I remember seeing that sequence because you guys released it, um, or Netflix released it, right before season two came mm-hmm. out, where um, they're fighting all of these these monsters, and there's, you know, Gaibon and Slogra come out too, and seeing that that sequence that Spencer did where um Sypha catches you know a fireball on each finger basically mm-hmm. and starts launching them back and then all this beautiful like lighting that you guys got and I think Adam was mostly in charge of that right mm-hmm. on, on the the fire in the in the monster's throat and yeah he did an amazing I mean job just really beautiful stuff and I, I remember that coming out and just thinking to myself there was no no way I could have visualized any of this (laughs) right especially when you're going through and it's like okay like you're just you know you're you're throwing fire at a monster (laughs) yeah uh you know uh, I've I've been recently uh doing a lot of action storyboarding over the past few months and um you know it's uh uh trying to think of the the best way to, uh, you know, describe that process. Uh, but you, you kind of go in and you have a, a general idea of the, uh, the location, each character's abilities, the abilities of the monsters in the room or, or whatever is uh, going on. And um, uh, from there, you just start to, to come up with ideas and uh, come up with uh, uh, different uh, um uh, different ways, different causes and effects uh, that uh, each character's set of abilities versus another uh, character's set of abilities could have on each other, and um, start pe- uh, from there. It's like kind of a puzzle of uh, piecing together those different things and how they play off of each other um, to uh, create, you know, uh, uh, something that's just visually interesting and, and different and, and that sort of thing. So. Uh, the uh, uh, you know you're you're to an extent uh, especially with uh, uh, you know Warren sometimes spells out the action uh, mm-hmm. but other times he will just write in a blurb that says there's a bunch of fighting basically right uh, and says uh, literally sometimes the script says Sam have fun <laughs> I love so, the little notes that he writes for you all yeah. these like really sarcastic little don't cry <laughs> Sam or cry your heart out Sam <laughs> you know it's 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 very funny <laughs> just specifically targeting you. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. It's it's really funny, but it, yeah, Constant he's hazing by Warren. <laughs> he he does. He sometimes just uh, uh, leaves you know an action sequence uh, up to us to um, you know just go nuts with and have some have some fun. Uh, and it, in those instances, uh, you you know you might uh, go in thinking that oh geez, like that's basically a blank. You know, you have a blank slate in front of mm-hmm. you. What you do, but really, there's uh, there's a bunch of factors that. Uh, are already at play just based on your location, your characters, their abilities, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. And you always have the beginning and the end. Uh, so the uh, from there, filling it in, it, it's really just kind of like, uh, uh, like I said, just trying to take all of the those uh, 
the different things that each of these characters have, sort of uh, um, imagining how those would uh, uh, play against each other, and then dropping, uh, sort of plotting that out. Um, uh, oftentimes, I, I will just sort of uh, write that writes things in, and then be like, okay, so Trevor does this against this. Uh, this thing does this against Saifa. This thing. Uh, uh, then he gets blown up or, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> and then you plot it out from there and then start figuring out how to visualize and stage all those things. Now, at the risk of sounding self-centered, um, <laughs> just because I'm very curious, because so many properties address kind of the limits on a mage's ability or, a, you know, a magic wielder, right? And so for Sypha specifically, how do you go about setting up the rules and and the boundaries because it seems very much like um the the basis there of of Cypher's power is just the ability to manipulate the elements whatever they may be um mm-hmm. whether that's water and ice and wind or fire um and it seems like the only limit is just how creative she can be with using the same basic spells over and over again in interesting ways because i think that was one of the things that excited people a lot was that you were seeing something very new and very different from a mage character um, in in a space, you know, especially with anime where you have a lot of very interesting um, fight sequences and interesting magicians. Mm-hmm. So, so how did that come about when you were conceptualizing, all right, this is what she can do. This is where, where this goes. Uh, well, so number one is Saifa is definitely OP. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's just the right amount. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, so it sort of stemmed. Uh, uh, it started off uh, stemming from you look back at uh, season one and what Sypha's doing there, mm-hmm. uh, and everything that Sypha does in season one was pretty thoroughly scripted by Warren. So she creates an right. ice wall. She creates a firewall. She creates a, a you know these different uh, uh, things. And that kind of gave us a, a good idea. It was like, okay, so she can conjure these things and create these things. Uh, and that gives us uh, uh, a good idea of what her uh, ability set is. Mm-hmm. Walking into, so that that's what we were walking into season two with, was uh, that general understanding of uh, her abilities. Uh, so from there, um, it was uh, uh, really what came first was, uh, um, you know, just making that stuff fun and interesting to, to watch more so than uh, setting, uh, uh, setting you know, big limitations or anything like that. You know, I, I think that if uh, we'd be getting into the weeds a little bit, if we started to, uh, you know, give her uh, a limited MP or something like that <laughs> to, to work with. It's like Wi-Fi, you get out of range. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was really about j- just thinking about like, we know that she can do these things. Uh, how can we do that? We can u- do those things in uh, new and interesting ways uh, that are just uh, uh, fun uh, for the uh, for the viewer, uh, but also, you know, kind of go into, uh, you know, sort of the uh, Saifa's intelligence and uh, how she's uh, um, sort of analyzing a situation and, and mm-hmm. uh, tackling it. Um, so we kind of uh, uh, tackle it from uh, that standpoint. And um, 
uh, it's it's really a, just about a gut check about whether or not something feels like it's uh, going overboard or too too strong or too uh, <laughs> uh, too weak or anything. Because uh, you know, there one of the things that you uh, might see a lot of the time in the media is you, you have uh, these characters that are introduced and they're very uh, they're very powerful, and then uh, you know the creators seem to realize, oh shit, we right. made this character too powerful. Got to reel it back in. They sort of rein it back in, um, and. Uh, that's something I've never been uh, super fond of. So. <laughs> right, which which is why I wanted to to hear more about your process on this. Yeah, so um, rather than trying to uh, walk back uh, uh, our our main characters uh, and their their power uh, and their abilities, uh, we instead try to give them things uh, that they're fighting against that uh, uh, are. Uh, that are equal or, or uh, stronger. So it's really so the about- The focus is more on the challenge than it is limiting your, your it, characters. Exactly. Which I think is something that people really appreciated from a lot of the feedback that I just hear on on social media and um, and just how creative these kills were in season <laughs> two. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, uh, uh, certainly we had uh, a lot of fun with that, you know. Um, and uh, it, it, a lot of it is, is you know, coming down to making things just fun and, and entertaining for uh, the viewer and uh, us having fun as we're, as we're doing it and sort of balancing things out, making sure that, uh, uh, you know, each character is, is getting their moment and getting to do cool stuff and uh, all that kind of stuff, but also making sure that the stuff that they're, they're fighting with does still feel like it's uh, very threatening uh, the, and uh, uh, powerful in its own right. Uh, and, you know, that, that sometimes will be uh, something where we'll get the scripts and we'll think, oh, you know, uh, this is a big, this is a big moment right here. And uh, the stuff that, you know, the, these characters are, are uh, fighting just doesn't feel like it would be challenging enough for someone who has dealt with this and this and this and all this stuff. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to Warren and be like, so would it be cool if we uh, added this and then made these characters have these abilities uh, so that they have something uh, to fight against. And sometimes, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll think about uh, more about what the enemies uh, have and what they can do than I do uh, the, uh, what uh, uh, the main characters do at first. So uh, a good example is that uh, uh, that first fight in 207 with the Bloody Tears playing in the background, mm -hmm. um, this, it, it was a fairly unscripted uh, uh, fight. Um, the, uh, uh, originally, the generals weren't really... Uh, uh, weren't really there. They didn't really have uh, a, a set of, of abilities or anything, and that was something that um, I wanted to give. Uh, you know, Trevor Saifa and Alucard uh, was you know so powerful enemies to to fight against. So um, I pitched to have the generals have you know uh, uh, be present in the fight and have uh, uh, certain powers and abilities that made them uh, a greater threat to them than anything that they've uh, fought before. And uh, that really uh, uh, kind of, I, I felt, uh, uh, helped to uh, level up the, the challenge uh, for the characters. Yeah, I know, uh, I know you made a lot of people cry with that scene, Sam. <laughs> Bloody tears of joy. Um, having, having that song come in at that point, because I know a lot of people 
from season one through the first part of season two, we're hoping and praying for some of the original music to, mm-hmm. to come in. And again, not having that gaming background, having that moment and also familiarity with the song because, you know, you're on social media and, and people are nice enough to educate you about the stuff that they love. And especially mm-hmm. the Castlevania community has been so um, embracing and so informed um, and 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 really good about, you know, teaching me more about this universe Yeah, <laughs> that I was familiar with the song before it happened. And so even for me, that was such an exciting moment. Like it was the, you know, butterflies in your chest moment when you hear the music kick in, especially the way it was done. Mm-hmm. How involved were you with the decision that that was going to be where, where that would come in? Uh, it, it was actually, uh, uh, I, uh, so episode 207 was one that I storyboarded uh, a huge amount of, and um, I had, that was actually one of the cases where I had a very specific idea of how I wanted uh, mm-hmm. things to, to play out. And that sequence was one that I walked in thinking, this is the bloody tears moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i i actually boarded that whole sequence with bloody tears uh, i i pulled this the track and dropped it in and, and timed the whole thing to it and everything uh so um uh that i i i actually walked into that sequence uh knowing that i wanted it to be the bloody tears moment yeah i mean it it works it totally works it was done to amazing effect (laughs) i can attest to it my dad was so excited oh yeah yes oh Oh, he loved that yeah shout out to my dad (laughs) yeah uh um the nice thing is that uh the the track is obviously very exciting for the the fans uh when they they get to hear but it also uh, even if you don't uh, recognize the track, it's uh, it just is a very it, it's a, it's good at hyping you up for an action sequence. You oh, know? it's excellent! Yeah. So it it's a uh, it just works uh, uh, great both ways. You know, it's a, a great nod to the fans. It's a great nod to the uh, all the games and everything. But it's also just like a great track for an action sequence that should be exciting and hype uh, for for everyone. I actually have uh, heard from some people on social media that they they will play that in the background uh, from that sequence when they're studying or when they have to do something, <laughs> right, where they need to hype themselves up oh, that's funny. and uh, and make it feel like this really exciting thing they have to get through. And so people have been um, been clamoring for this to be released as as a track. You know, I, I, that's a that's a good point. I haven't heard anything about that uh, still. Is when the soundtrack is uh, supposed to come along. I'll have to I'll have to bug Kevin about that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. One of the things I did want to ask you is, what are some some of the big happy accidents that you remember throughout the process that you know weren't things that were intended or were things that just sort of cropped up. That um that you remember particularly fondly that that made it into to the show in one way or another. Oh geez, that's a really tough question. That requires <laughs> me to have a memory that's that's halfway decent. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give I'll give you a minute. Uh, hey, my brother just walked in. Uh, hey Adam, <laughs> how you doing? So Alejandro is asking, uh, what are the uh, some of the like best happy accidents that you weren't really planning, uh, but it kind of came out. I, I, I 
just got put on the spot, so I have to think about it. Oh, uh, I would say that the uh, <clears throat> in season one, the Dracula Bat Cloud or Raven Cloud. Uh, Do you remember uh, in the first episode where like he's floating over as like a big raven head? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Originally, when we got the animation back, it was not the best. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty middling. It didn't really feel like a cloud of ravens. I did a bunch of filter work and particle work on that, uh, yeah. but I laid it on top of the animation they had, and it kind of gave this like pretty interesting, neat effect. And those kind of effects were usually pretty hard to sell to the producer or to producers on other projects. Mm-hmm. But Kevin was immediately like, "That's awesome, I love it." Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah, it was yeah. like, "Oh, we we did this thing on the fly to kind of try to make it look better, and it turned out well." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of some other instances. Uh, um, I don't know if, I, if this necessarily falls into the category of uh, a happy accident, but in episode three of season one, uh, there was that part where uh, Trevor, uh, the priest, come in uh, with the mob to uh, 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 for the to attack the uh, speakers in that uh, broken down old mm-hmm. uh, uh, barn that they're hanging out in, and. Um, Trevor uh, fights his way out after his uh, his big speech, and um, uh, we and that episode ended up actually uh, coming out to being uh, very uh, short. It was well under twenty two minutes when uh, we first storyboarded an animatic, uh, put together the animatic. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, basically, uh, uh, Kevin and Warren were. Well, uh, can you guys flesh out the 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 action and add some stuff to it and whatnot? And we're like, okay, uh, well, we'll try to figure something out. So, we ended up adding that fight that uh, Trevor has with the priests in the alleyway, um, ah. and that was a, a a more or less unscripted moment. Uh, and uh, one of the funny things that came about with that was um, the the priest that. Uh, had his uh, eye removed. Yeah, his eye removed. Uh, wasn't supposed to ever return. He was just supposed to have his eye plucked out, and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, well, you know, this might be a fun moment to to uh, uh, have him come back. And uh, Spencer uh, was really pushing to have that character uh, uh, come back in a cut in some other spots yeah. because he he had originally storyboarded the sequence where his eye I got plucked out. So it turned into this really funny little uh, thing where we kept trying to sneak uh, that character back in wherever uh, we could as like kind of a running gag. And uh, I got to have that nice moment of uh, uh, him losing his his other eye <laughs> in a completely unscripted uh, uh, little little sequence there. And that turned into in season two. uh, uh that character then coming back mm-hmm. as the spear wielding uh, night creature that Hector uh, made to attack the Belmont hold. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of like a, a series of little uh, happy accidents that sort of turned into a, a fun little uh, thing if you're kind of uh, uh, following it closely. I mean, that is an excellent happy accident. It's also weird to say that. It's a happy accident, you know. He lost one eye, he lost the other one. It was it was great. Yeah, um, but it works. It really worked. I know for me, just one of the ones I was there for. Um, I remember it was that one record where James and and Richard and I were all in the booth, 
uh, here in Burbank. And um, it's that scene where, you know, they're saying goodbye at uh, at the end, you know, and Saif and Trevor are leaving Alucard alone in the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's just, yeah. yeah. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> and she, and uh, I don't even know if he knew we were still recording, but just, you know, the, the whole Alucard flips him off and then we roll off into the distance and it was supposed to end there. And uh, Richard just kind of threw an aside under his breath. And I'm guessing you just uh, thought it was too good to pass up. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, uh, Richard uh, uh, slipped in the <laughs> fuck you, uh, <laughs> which was uh, again completely unscripted, uh, but totally uh, from his heart. Perfect. Totally from his heart. He knew exactly what to do. He he understood <laughs> <laughs> because you know James in the booth just actually flipped him off, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Well, I actually didn't know that part. I didn't know it." it yeah, happened. that's how it happened. Yeah, we went through the whole scene, and they're saying goodbye, and um, and so you know James is like you know being the method actor that he is, flipped him off in the booth, and then Richard just kind of laughed it off, and <laughs> like slightly off mic was just like, <laughs> "Oh, that's really great. I love that." <laughs> yeah, so that uh, it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> James was the um the perfect scene partner in that moment and uh and he got you gold. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. Because uh, now I know everyone references it as the like see they are true friends, like that's how you know. That's yeah. that's um... <laughs> but um yeah, so I love hearing those little stories. I knew that one a little bit. One because I was there, and two because I uh recently had lunch with Spencer and, oh, yeah? uh, and we were talking about that one. Oh, that's so yeah, funny. I wanted to know on your end what were some some fun happy accidents that I that I uh, wasn't privy to. <laughs> oh, that's a uh, uh, that's definitely one. I'm sure there's like uh, a million of them, but uh, right. uh, that was kind of one of the big ones that's uh, stemmed all the way from back in in season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh gosh, I, I have to think about that though. <laughs> the funny thing is that that blind um spear wielder it worked out so well you would have thought that it was the plan you know from the get-go or at least that not so much of it was was a happy accident <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we uh, uh at a certain point you know we, we get just kept uh trying to figure out ways for uh that guy to uh, come back and be an, uh, a thorn on in uh uh, Trevor's side uh, in ways that wasn't going to like, you know, uh, uh, break the script or get too, too silly or anything like that. Of course. Right. <laughs> but I mean, when you have a devil forge master, it's kind of begging to happen. It was kind of perfect, you know? <laughs> All right. And this question, um, because a lot of the people that do listen to this podcast are either interested in getting into VO <laughs> or are starting out in VO or, or just interested in VO in general. Um, so being that, you know, you're a director on this animated series. What is something, because you also sit in on tons of recording sessions, what is something you like from your actors? What is something that your actors do that makes life easier for you later on or something that you really enjoy or think adds to, to your process? Uh, well, number one is uh, uh, y'all just being amazing at what you do uh, <laughs> uh, makes <laughs> makes my life much easier um, so rule one be good <laughs> uh, I guess I guess I guess so uh, uh, you know that sounds silly but um, you know I, I feel very lucky to be working with uh, such in- in- incredible uh, actors and people you know um, you and me both but, Sam <laughs> uh, I think that um, you know, walking in understanding the 
the story and the context of what's going on is obviously very helpful. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that um, some of the uh, some of the best sessions uh, are when someone uh, comes in and uh, they uh, are not only you know fully understanding how to deliver something because they understand the context of everything that's going on beforehand but they're also even giving suggestions and saying oh well wouldn't this be like this because uh, you know so and so is doing that and uh, uh, that sort of thing and that that's always really incredible to me is when uh, someone is coming in and has that level of uh, knowledge and understanding of uh, uh, the story and the characters and everything that uh, they're they're able to even elevate it. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I think that's always really really cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So one, be good. Two, do your homework. <laughs> yes. And three, uh, being collaborative and open is always a, always always a nice bonus. Yeah. And, you know, it, it helps, obviously, that we have uh, uh, folks uh, like Warren that are, are, are open to those things and uh, understand yeah. that uh, this process, is, uh, when, we're, when we get into those recording booths, it, it is something that is, uh, it, it is collaborative and that uh, it's, it's okay if things uh, uh, get uh, messed with and changed around a little bit, uh, if it, you know, just takes the whole thing and, it, and improves upon it. So not just for mm -hmm. the voice actors, but for you know, uh, all y'all future directors out there, just to be open to those changes and, uh, uh, and, and you know, willing to, to uh, uh, collaborate and visualize things the way that uh, the other folks in the room are, are, uh, are visualizing the, the, uh, that stuff as well. Yeah. On the flip side of that, what is something that actors might do that maybe makes your job a little bit more difficult or something that w it would be helpful to say, like, maybe be cognizant of this or, or you know, something that, that's a good little cautionary tale? <laughs> uh, that's a... Uh... That's a that's a good question. Uh, again, I, I feel like I've been very I, I'm, I'm very lucky. I work with a lot of really, really just incredible, uh, talented folks. I never thought I would uh, <laughs> uh, uh, be this lucky. Um, uh, but uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think like uh, uh, the only thing I can uh, think of off the top of my head was just like try, try to be vaguely on time. And <laughs> 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 that, that is a good one that is a major one we, we have had a, a couple of recordings that uh, uh fell apart because uh, uh folks uh, weren't uh, um, lost track of time or forgotten and, and that oh. sort of thing and that that can always be a bit of a bummer it's not you know the end of the world or anything but uh, <laughs> it's the cardinal rule of voiceover guys be on time to your session which means at least 15 minutes early yeah yeah that, that, that would be nice um well, I, I, I mean, that, that's a good one. That is a good one <laughs> to put out there. Coming from not another voice actor, but, you know, a director. <laughs> they appreciate it's, punctuality. Yeah, yeah. It's it's helpful. You know, we're, we're understanding, but... Uh, uh, yeah, no, they're know. all really nice guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and really, it, it just comes back around to... Uh, only other thing I would say is just uh, it just comes back around to uh, uh, doing that little bit of homework. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if someone walks in and uh, they're, um, you know, not aware of a lot of uh, uh, little little tidbits and, and sort of just uh, uh, 
doing the recording off the cuff that can uh, result in having to, uh, you know, go back over a lot of things and that sort of stuff. So, And I do want to ask you, even though it's a voiceover podcast, because I know as soon as I say that Sam was on the show, um, a lot of people that are interested in animation or becoming animators uh, are, are going to be interested. So what is some advice for someone that's starting out or or who has uh, you know, dreams of being in animation or involved um, on the animation side of things. What is some advice you'd you'd give for someone starting out? Oh man! Um, so n- number one is that uh, there's a lot of different uh, paths for uh, uh, getting to where you're going. Uh, I don't think anyone mm-hmm. uh, way has uh, been something that. Uh, has worked out any better or less or, or worse than uh, for uh, some folks. You know, I I uh, come from a background of uh, uh, going to a community college and, and dropping out and being an intern at a, a small studio in Texas and somehow made it uh, work out. And the main thing that I, um, I would say that I always did and was always doing uh, was just constantly, constantly, constantly uh, just working at and improving my craft. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's luck. Luck is a factor and timing is a factor and all of these things. And you can't really do anything about uh, those things. But what you can do is just be the best that you can be at your craft. And that puts you in the best position for when uh, those lucky, uh, those lucky moments do come around. Uh, So, just uh, uh, if you're working hard and you're trying your best to, uh, uh, you know, do good work and, uh, you know, not getting too caught up in whether or not you're um, better than this person or worse than that person or uh, et cetera, and just focusing on uh, getting, uh, improving yourself, uh, you'll uh, generally you'll be noticed, especially in this uh, age of the internet is, you know, um, at a certain point when you just keep putting your work out there and keep putting your work out there, uh, you'll, you'll know when you get there, when, uh, you know, the right person happens to come around and uh, see your work and they share it around and then that happens to get out to more eyeballs and et cetera. And eventually it gets uh, uh, in front of the right person at the right time. So this is a, a, just to make sure you're, you're always, you know, ready and, and willing to put your work out there, even if uh, you don't feel like you're ready uh, or you feel like you don't feel like your work is quite there yet or anything like that. Because um, eventually, as you keep uh, developing your, your work and you, you get better and better, that's uh, you'll you'll catch someone's interest. That is such such good advice, because it, it no matter if you are trying to get into animation or if you're starting your journey as an actor it's something that holds true across so many disciplines and I'm so glad that that that's what you wanted to share (laughs) um because this idea of of luck or being lucky it really ties into the other things you were saying right that it's focusing on your craft and timing is everything so when that craft that hard work and that preparation meets that timing it's the right time the right person mm-hmm. that's where the quote-unquote luck comes in yeah um because i also don't want to leave it completely to well if you get lucky it happens or it doesn't 
Um, you know, it is all about how much you put into it. Yeah. And making sure that when that timing is right, that you're ready, right? So when Castlevania is coming around looking for a director and an animation studio, you're there and you're ready. Yeah, You know. exactly. So that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sam. <laughs> uh, to, to wrap it up or to button it up, I want to ask you, what are some of your absolute favorite animes? And um, and things that have I know you mentioned um, a few that that influence the character design for Castlevania, uh, but just in general, if, you know, if if it's not thinking specifically about the tone of this show, some of your all time favorite animes that have inspired you, um, and and what those are. Uh, so the uh, I mean, there's a, a few very obvious ones like uh, Cowboy Bebop is a it's kind of a staple mm-hmm. for everyone and. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist is a, a big staple for a lot of folks. Uh, uh, as far as the Ghibli movies are concerned, my favorite is actually Porco Rosso, which isn't one oh. that uh, comes up for a lot of uh, folks, I think. But I just mm. I love that film. Um, and uh, you know, look looking at some of the uh, more recent shows and stuff that have come uh, come along, I think that. Uh, uh, Mob Psycho 100 is is a really really fantastic show, uh, and uh, I think totally worth folks' time uh, to check out. Um, the uh, I love the Berserk manga. It hasn't had the best luck when it comes to adaptations, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm sure that the the, the Berserk fans out there are gonna uh, 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 poke me about again after uh, this comes out. Uh, <laughs> uh, which you know I'd love to do. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I'm a uh, I'm a little bit of a Naruto nerd. I mean, I, I see mm. it's I see it's, it's I see it's problems a little bit. Adam's <laughs> making fun of me in the background. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, he's welcome to share his opinion. <laughs> now nah, we don't need to hear from him. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he's busy he's busy he's working (laughs) uh i do i do kind of like that uh uh some of those those uh shonen jump tropes here and there for some uh uh some of those those types of shows and stuff like that so it's sort of like uh easily digestible uh uh, and uh i've always kind of been a a bit of a, a fan of that stuff um and uh Oh gosh, uh, it, it's sort of a long list that could go on for a while. I, I, I'm an animation nerd in general, though. I mean, I, I also love uh, uh, stuff like uh, the DC animated universe back in the day, between yeah. Batman animated series and Superman, and just oh. Justice League Unlimited is one of my favorite things. Uh, yes, it's really, really. Accurate. I mean, I'm right there with you. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I kind of jump across the board. I, I was uh, funny enough a little a little late when it came to uh, some of um the uh the disney train i i I enjoyed them when i was a kid uh but Mm -hmm. it took uh me going back as an animator and and watching a bunch of the uh, older films and uh kind of redeveloping uh uh an appreciation and uh, a love Mm. for some especially some of the older classics uh you know going back to uh, robin hood was a a lot of fun and uh, Uh, dalmatians (laughs) sam 
<laughs> it's like you know just what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love the era. It was funny because apparently Disney wasn't a big fan at, at the time of the Xerox me method where they took the uh, the actual pencil drawings and Xeroxed them instead of having to retrace them. But uh, mm. I loved that look. I thought it was just great. Uh, and did a, it was a they were doing a real neat thing I thought <laughs> yeah no I oh I loved I loved Robin Hood when I was younger mm -hmm. I still do but uh, there was definitely one summer and I talked about this on my Twitter but there was a summer where I watched that movie every single day oh yeah <laughs> that uh, that was I, I can't remember how old I was but when uh, Aladdin came out on VHS I watched that uh, like every day several times a day for a summer <laughs> uh which was real funny i haven't gone back and watched that movie i, I think since but I, it, it's pretty much burned in my memory <laughs> i think we need you and christy to do a cover of a whole new world oh god nah. i think uh, i think the internet demands it no one needs to hear me sing uh, <laughs> that's that would that would be awful <laughs> Oh, well, that that's awesome. I do want to give you a chance if you want to plug any upcoming projects. Um, we all we all know you're working on season three of Castlevania, mm -hmm. but I know Powerhouse works on a ton of other stuff too. Um, I don't know if uh, if you want to yeah plug uh, anything. So uh, you know, Powerhouse is working on several other uh, 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 action shows right now. Uh, Seis Manos is a big one that's coming up uh, uh, very soon. Uh, I've seen a bunch of stuff from it. It's, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm really excited to, uh, for uh, the guys in these in the room next to me to finally get to uh, share uh, with the world uh, uh, the amazing work that they're doing. So keep an eye open for Seis Manos. And then uh, in the future, we've got uh, God in Here, Gods and Heroes is uh, coming along uh, as well. So uh, I'm pretty excited for that. We're, we're uh, <laughs> keeping ourselves very busy here. So uh, yes, hope y'all are looking forward to uh, that. And season three of Castlevania, which I'm currently animating uh, action scenes for. So <laughs> excellent. Well, thank you so, so much for taking a lot of time out of your super busy, hectic schedule. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I really, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, really, really, truly. Uh, and this has been fantastic. And I, and I learned a lot about the process because I'm not involved with most of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so, so much, Sam. I know that everyone is is really super excited to hear this and uh, to get uh, an hour of, of you just talking about what you do. And just um, rambling for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> not rambling. I mean, people ask these questions all the time, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're giving the people what they want, Sam. <laughs> I, I, I am happy to do it uh, anytime. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, chatting with you again, probably in the near future. Uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Secrets, secrets. <laughs> um, <laughs> and thank you also to uh, Adam back there for, for his cameo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, thank you so much. All right. You have a good one. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sam. So don't say that I never do anything for you guys. How awesome was that? We got to chat with Sam Dietz, director of Castlevania, and learn all about his process and some happy accidents and some fun times in the booth. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that answered some of the questions that you guys have. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on another fantastic episode of Rolling Wild. And we'll call that episode 107 and 108, Getting Lucky, parts one and two, where craft meets timing. 
with Sam Dietz. <laughs> <laughs>